All right. I'm going to uh, invite you to come on back in and take your seats. And if you uh, need to reposition so that you're at a table with some other people, we would invite you to make sure that the conversation uh, that we're going to have here today flows as a conversation. And so we'll have some table work that we do, some discussion that we'd encourage you to engage in. Uh, but the topic for this morning is discipleship in the digital age. Technology impacts us. There's no questions about that. And so as a church, one of the things that we want to do is provide equipping and speaking into things that we wrestle with on a day-to-day -day basis and help us think intelligently and biblically about life in the 21st century. And so as we were working on this and thinking about what are the different topics that our Epic Sundays would cover through the course of 2017, one is going to be service, so that'll be again in a few weeks down uh, off-site, down at the uh, House of Hope. But this morning, uh, as we were working on this topic, I was thinking, who would be a good person to come and talk to us about that? And so uh, Dave and I actually went to college together. We know, we've known each other for a long time. And Dave and his wife, Melissa, are marriage and family speakers and teachers and advocates. And they've done a lot of thinking and blogging and writing about this and the ministry that they work with, uh, which is doing family right. One of their greatest joys is equipping people and strengthening and having conversations about relationships. Uh, they have four kids. They have one grandchild. And so I know you guys are always working and thinking through some of the issues that are coming to light in terms of figuring out how do we parent uh, in today's day and age. They work for a ministry called Doing Family Right, which is based out of Abbotsford. They speak at conferences, workshops, uh, camps. They write articles, produce podcasts and more, and their goal is always to strengthen marriages and families. So, uh, Dave and Melissa, why don't you guys come? Let's welcome them here uh, this morning as we engage together. Thanks, Brad. All right, just making sure I'm on. Am I good? All right, cool. Well, we are happy to be here. Uh, it's been, I have known Brad a long time, but I don't think I've seen Megan, I don't know what, at least 15 years. I feel old if it's been that long <laughs> since I've seen somebody. Um, but we look great. Oh, oh, hold on, I didn't turn it off. Yes, you did. You're good. Oh, I did turn it on. Did okay. you just turn it off, though? No, I didn't. All right. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Speaking of technology. <laughs> you um, love it or you hate it, right? Okay. <laughs> So, you've heard about us. Um, I wanted just to say, this is one of the few times when you're in church, maybe, it's, maybe it happens all the time here, um, but we're not going to ask you to turn off your devices. There is a catch, though. If it rings and you answer it, it's got to be on speakerphone so we can all hear. <laughs> all right. Just joking. <laughs> um, so, I, I really like technology. How many people are gadget people? You like new gadgets? Give me the... I feel like the iPhone watch died quickly, though. That didn't really go anywhere. Cool. Um, gadgets, new gadgets are coming out all the time. I've almost given up trying to keep up because I don't have money like that. But either way, they're a blast. And your wife won't let you do that. I guess. Yeah. I gave up, so I don't even ask. But we're going to try something. How many, uh, there should be at least one device per table, hopefully, that can take a picture. What we're going to ask you to do is this. I would like you, as a table, to take a selfie. That means you have to get up and move around. Get everybody into one picture. And after you take it, 
You're going to post it. And you're going you're gonna to interact. Only one person per table will post. And you're going to interact about what you're going to do with comments and hashtags. If you don't know what those are, that's okay. Someone at your table should. Ready? I'm going to give you three minutes to do that. Go for it. So how'd that go? Just fine. Any Facebook anywhere? There's a good question. You need a selfie stick because your group's too big. The youth are doing the usual take 15 until they're all satisfied with it, right? Sounds about right. So there are some good questions. Where do we post it? Well, Instagram, Snapchat, where else? Facebook, Twitter. And how did you decide what to hashtag it with? How many of you don't understand a hashtag? Most of you do. I think some people think they understand hashtags but don't really. Those are the people who make whole sentences into hashtags. They don't get it. <laughs> well, what is a hashtag? All right. Uh, so here's what the goal was of that project. I wanted you to ask yourselves at your tables questions like, where do we post it? Explore what options there are to where you can post those things. Also, why are we coming up with hashtags? What is that for and what are we going to use this for? Because a lot of what we want you to do is start to process that you need to have an intentional mentality about social media and technology. To have an intentional mentality means you're going to have to do stuff on purpose. So you're going to have to process what you're doing things for. So that's one of the things hashtags are good for, right? Hashtags are like a way to categorize things. So a quick example. Uh, I was checking this morning to make sure that Brad hadn't canceled church. So I went and I actually searched on Facebook Jericho Ridge. There was no post because he didn't hashtag Jericho Ridge in this morning's post. But there was a post for last night saying he would post this morning because that one he did hashtag. So there's the, what hashtags are for is they become search terms so that you can find each other. So if all of you... I have a screen with a few hashtags. I can't remember if it's the next slide or if I mixed them up here. But if all of you started hashtagging with these things, you could find each other on these different platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and then your friends begin to notice what's happening. And then Brad gets more people coming to church because they like Epic Sunday and what you're posting. So it becomes a way to intentionally show the world what you're doing and what you're a part of. It's also a way to connect so if you're at a concert and you hashtag, I don't know what concert you're going to. Switchfoot. Switchfoot. You punch in Switchfoot and you can find all the other people who are at the Switchfoot concert. And then you've got some new friends, at least virtual ones, which we'll get to a bit later. So as much as the exercise may have been fun and a great experience, right, and a lot of technology use and the things that we do with them can be a lot of fun and entertaining, right? But the problem is that sometimes it becomes too much fun or that's all we want to do. And that's one of the do downfalls of technology is it can become all-consuming, all our energy, 
right? Where we just are pouring everything into it. We're only worried about the hashtag. We're only worried about connecting about these virtual friends or whichever, right? And so that's what we also want to talk about is what the downfalls could be as well when it happens if we love it too much. Now, before we move on, those small pieces of paper that you have on your tables, what we do uh, when we speak and teach and things is we have people write down their questions as we go. We're not going to have you raise your hands and ask them throughout, but the reason for that is because we may answer it by the time we get to the end. If we haven't answered it and we have time for questions at the end, we'll answer some of those. You can hand them in or we'll answer them tonight at our evening session. All right, so that's what those small pieces of paper are for. Now, the big pieces we'll use very shortly, though. What kind of impact do you find that technology has on your life and world? Now, you'll notice, likely, most of our technology conversation is going to revolve around the Internet because it seems like technology is moving towards focusing on that, right? Everything utilizes and needs the Internet. But that's okay. I would like you to ask and answer at your tables and draw on that big piece of paper some of the positives and negatives. Oh, we're waiting for that. Never mind, not big, big piece yet. What negative impacts have you seen from technology in your world? Don't write this one down, just talk about it at your tables. So negative things that you've seen as a result of more technology in your life, in your world, and so on. So we'll give you a couple minutes to discuss that at your tables. One of the things, one of the things that we also do is we realize that when we ask you to have a conversation, you're usually going to feel like I cut you off before you're finished. That's why we call them discussion starters. You can keep talking about it later. But for now, we'd like to hear just a few hands. What negative things have you seen as a result of too much tech or more tech in your world? Brain cancer. Brain cancer. Yeah. Inappropriate content. Yeah. People becoming robots to the device as they're walking, banging into to lampposts, tripping over high So they're distracted. Yeah. So they're only focused on the device and unaware of all their surroundings. Yeah. Less patient. Instant gratification, yes. One more? Um, people being afraid to call each other. So it's affecting the personal face-to-face -face relationship part. Isolation. Isolation, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. True. So just, oh yeah, Josiah? Um, it also makes mood change. Mood changes. My son's been researching this stuff. <laughs> we'll have him come up and speak and teach next. Anyways, often one of the biggest negative impacts that we notice of technology is it affects relationships. Okay? So whether it's unaware of those around you in real conversations, right? Or knowing how to have the conversation again. We've kind of lost that. But most importantly, we've also lost even how to spend time with each other in real life. I even heard earlier in discussion kind of a time sucker. It kind of sucks the time away from being in intentional relationships. And so even amongst family, 
it can do that. You can find when it's downtime, everybody on the family's got a device and they're all doing their own thing on a device rather than being in relationship. So we have a question for our own kids. Okay, <clears throat> Josiah, how does it feel when you see dad or mom on our devices? It feels like they don't really listen to you and they don't really concentrate or pay attention when you're asking them a question. Leah, how does it feel when you see mom and dad on their devices, whether it's the iPad or computer or cell phone? I think it's fine. Just <laughs> you guys stopped, and but before you guys would um, not pay attention. So when we asked Leah about that earlier, we were surprised because instantly she said, "Oh, I'm fine with it," and I'm like, "What? You're fine with it? I don't understand." And she and she later elaborated, "It's because you guys have made some changes." Whereas in it before, you guys felt like you were absorbed in it all the time. And Josiah would share how he would get frustrated because it felt like he had no time for us, that these devices mean, had more of your attention and they seemed to mean more to you than us. Right? And so we have, over the years, as we learned of this, have made changes. So I'm glad that our daughter is now okay with it. Right? So that's what she's kind of saying there. She is, I'm, although I'm not sure he's satisfied yet. So we yeah. still have some refining to do. And okay, that's attention. okay. <laughs> he yeah. says, darn clash of clans. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> sorry. You can join my clan if you want. Okay. All right. Um, so just in the few examples we've heard, you've already noticed that technology impacts our lives for sure. For good, for bad. We know um, this changed how we communicate for sure. We don't necessarily know if that's good or bad. Some of it feels okay. Some of it feels not so okay. So what I'd like to do now is to use those big giant pieces of paper on your table and have you take a couple of minutes to write down some of the pros and cons you've seen. So you've, you've talked about some of the cons already and some of the negative impacts, although we also so, heard some good ones. Now make a list on that piece of paper, and we're going to post it so we can see it together. So we'll give you a couple minutes as a table to do that. Yeah, it's not. All right. How'd that go? We got some like infographics going on. From scribbles to graphs to clouds. They're looking good. So yeah, what we're gonna do is um, post these on those big whiteboards. See the green tape? So you can post or just tape those up there on those boards when you're ready. And while we do that, we're actually going to show a quick video just to get you thinking some. Oh yeah, I'll go do it. We're going to
If you want to watch more of that, you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> I uh, cut it down because it was a five-minute thing. But interesting info, isn't it? Though I'd like to interject on the Wikipedia thing. It said on there that it says reliable as the... As, as like, accurate. As accurate. That's different. Than okay. <laughs> I'm like, different. Let's, I wanted to clarify that. Just in case somebody was like, oh, see, Wikipedia, you can trust it. No, you can't trust Wikipedia. At least Anybody not if can, you're doing a research paper. Yeah, you can't. It's considered a <laughs> non-credible source. In case those youth and young adults who are going to college think it is. It's not. And it's because anybody can go in there and change it. I don't know if you know that. So Wikipedia is not a credible source. Anyways, nope. that's my little two bits. But I use it all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the world is changing. It is a little bit scary. Seems like it's changed a whole lot really quick, doesn't it? Um, there's a lot of different reasons to avoid technology, isn't there? Cons, I guess you would call them. Some of the ones I thought of, and maybe you want to go over there and see what you can find for some cons. And I'll wander over this way. 
But while I walk over there, here are some of the things that occurred to me. Some of the reasons I try and avoid social media and technology is because I want to protect my family. Um, I recently found out that there's been some studies done on the level of anxiety in young adults. It's going out the roof. And they've actually tracked it, and they found one of the primary reasons that anxiety is so high is because of all the information and news that we're flooded with that we can do nothing about. I don't know about you, but uh, this Trump stuff is causing me anxiety. It's everywhere, right? So, other things. Uh, indefinitely connected. Image comparison. Am I good enough? Too much information? Lack of empathy, spam, internet tracking. I assume that means the whole world knows what you're doing and you don't know it. Okay. So someone's watching everything you do. It's a time sucker for sure. It's a really good way to procrastinate. Dave, I've got inappropriate content. That's kind of a theme over here as well as time consuming. Being lazy, too much information, I think you said over there, and too much, uh, well, you can learn inappropriate things maybe online as well, and that you're always on. So always plugged in, and it's forever changing. Empty social life, that's a big one. Yeah, just this idea, right, that we're connected with people because we have whatever, 500,000, whatever kind of friends on Facebook or followers but we don't actually have relationships with these people because we don't see them. We don't talk to them. We just, maybe we send them messages, but there's no actual communication happening. What are some of the pros that we see up here? Staying connected with friends, family, work in the world. Yep. My mom won't see pictures of my kids if she's not on Facebook. Oops. It's just the way it is. Once in a while, we print one off for her for Christmas, but it's just part of what we do now, right? We put stuff on Facebook like that. Being creative allows you to be creative. Um, it gives you something to do. Uh, it allows you to, you can make some outstanding selfies with your phone, too, and have some fun playing games. Uh, it's educational. You can get your information from there. It's quick. Uh, it allows you to communicate if you're shy, keeps you updated. I was a missionary kid in Japan and lived in Africa for a while. Com communicating with my grandma never happened. My mom made tapes of me talking. I didn't know I sounded like a little African kid when I was little with the, it's not an English accent, but you know, almost. Um, then, I lived in Ontario for a while, and the only way to call grandma was if it was on Sunday afternoon when it was only, whatever, 12 cents or something a minute. What are, yeah, it's got to be, right? Different. Maybe it was 21 cents, I don't know. But it was cheaper at that time of the week. That was mom's bill, not mine. So, um, now we have this small world. My sister called me on FaceTime video yesterday. She lives in Seattle. I don't need to wait for Christmas to see my nieces and nephews. There's a lot of really good things that we see with technology. We don't need to read a map anymore because we have GPS. 
although that fails me regularly, but all sorts of different things that technology can impact us with. Um, can help us be creative, sort of, gives us ideas to initiate creativity, or on the other hand, it can totally stifle it because we don't need to be creative. We'll find someone else's thought and we'll steal that. So we have both things happening. Uh, one of the things that I, when your youth pastor was talking about, I think he ref referenced uh, how someone was saying how you can't just do away with it. It's here. It's here to stay, right? And so whether or not you want to focus on the negative or whether you're in the perspective of I'm going to root for it and, and claim it is all good and there's nothing bad about it, the reality is, is it's here and it's here to stay. And it's just becoming even more consuming. So we need to know how to master it. I always think of the verse that says, Everything may be permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything may be permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. Right? So we need to know how to control it, to use it as a viable tool, but not as the tool. Do, do you know what I mean when I say that? So I met, we, we, we speak all over, and one mother came up to me when we were speaking on technology, and she said, no, you don't have to, I don't have to learn about this. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. Why don't you have to learn about this? Because in our home, we just don't have technology. We just won't have our kids use it. Do you think that's the solution? I think that's great for in your home, but are you really then preparing and launching your kids properly? Because in the world, you might not have it in your home, but it's in their school, it's in their workplace, it's everywhere, right? And so we need to be preparing them. One of the greatest parenting tips I remember ever getting was never parent out of fear, never parent to control, you parent to prepare. And in this area of technology, we need to be preparing our kids. We need to be intentional with them. What it means to train them up in this world with God as the focus, as our foundation, and how to use these tools as exactly that, a tool, not as their source of identity and their be-all, end-all that has no control. Now, I wanted to share with you another verse in 2 Corinthians 5. And it says this, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, God longs for reconciliation with us. We can redeem devices. We can redeem the internet. We can take it and make it something, utilize it for something that God can use for his glory, right? And we are to do that so that we can be Christ's ambassadors. We're not supposed to hide from the world. We don't want to be enveloped by it and absorb ourselves in it. But we do want to engage in it because we have to speak the right language in our culture. And this is what we're called to do. And this is what we need to show our children how to do. We need to do this ourselves. So there's three elements that I've highlighted or I'm going to highlight about relationship that we need to focus on when it comes to technology and the internet and all these things. And they're these. First, we need to utilize technology to build relationships with each other. So I don't limit my relationship with my 
sisters and my nephews and nieces to just technology. I utilize it so that I can maintain a relationship that I pursue in real life. Second, relationships for others with Jesus. We want to use this platform to introduce others to Jesus and and to be who we are to be. And third, a relationship with Jesus for ourselves. How does it build our relationship with God? How do we utilize technology to do that? The verse that Dave was reading was on how Jesus came to reconcile us back to him, right? The thing about technology that was some of the things that the cons or even the pros were talking about is that was is being used or misused in a way that either breaks down relationship or builds relationship. If God is all about relationship, because that's what he's all about, he's about relationship. We weren't created to be alone. We were created to be in relationship with ultimately him, but also with each other and to be his ambassadors, right? To be his spokespersons, to be his hands and his feet. That requires relationship. That requires face-to-face. That requires intentionality, right? So using these devices to be intentional, to redeem it, right? Because one of the, one of the posts that I wrote of, or read over there, someone had mentioned isolation, loneliness. Our culture, even though we have all these ways to stay connected, we are the most loneliest generation ultimately loneliest generation. Does that not then speak kind of against what we're called to be on this earth, to be in relationship, right? So how can we use it to build into each other? One big thing is to look up off your screen. Put it down when you're in community. Don't be sitting on here when you have a real life here. Absorb yourself in the real and less in the virtual when you're in the presence of the real. You've got the real stuff there, enjoy that. So we need to be in relationship with each other. By doing that, recognizing who's around us, being intentional with our time. It's not so much about our friend lists and how many likes we get on a picture or something that we post, but it's about how we feel when we're engaging. I I don't know about you, but I feel way more fulfilled when I get a personal how are you and a personal touch and a personal eye contact and a personal loving, encouraging words more than I would just on a little Instagram comment. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, right? Right? It feels different, doesn't it? Right? Because we need to be putting more into the relationship and getting our value and worth out of that because that's what feeds our soul because that's how God created us to be. So use it intentionally. Sure, use it as a tool to connect and stay connected and to encourage here and there, but not as your primary source, right? Now, I wanted to highlight, too, uh, how many of you know what percentage of real communication is done with words? Wild guesses. Out of 100%, how much percent is used with words? 10, 5, 20? Okay, here's the stats. 75 out of words, just words? Okay, uh, there should be a slide in there. Probably don't. Either way. I can just tell you. Ready? 7% of your communication is done with words. That means 93% is nonverbal. 55% of that is body language and 38 is tone. How much of that can you communicate in a text message? Well, emoticons help. (laughs) Right? If you pick the right one. I've also learned don't put a period at the end of the sentence because that can mean something. 
Or caps. All caps. It's bad. You're yelling. So this is interesting because we need to recognize these things when we think about using technology to build relationships in our lives. We can't make it our primary. Really, the quest, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves as well is, is, are we the same person in real life as we are online? If you saw my profile online, would you be like, oh yeah, that's the guy I saw? Or would you be like, what? That doesn't line up. I don't get it. And this applies a lot, particularly to younger people. Sometimes they're sorting out trying to figure out who they are. Other times, this is who they want to pretend to be over here, and they are not able to be that in real life. And they're trying to sort through bringing those together. So we want to make sure that whatever we're doing online fosters and facilitates the opportunity for face-to-face and more of that. Um, the, the added point here, too, though, is this. Our world is changing, and the, uh, our ability and the needs that are put on us as parents in our parenting are no longer the same. We can't parent the way our parents did. We can't parent the way people 10 years ago did. Nothing's the same anymore. We used to be able to trust that the values at school were the same as my values from teachers. We used to be able to trust all sorts of things. That as long as, as, long as uh, my parents could just say, as long as you're going to a church, the values at that church are going to be the same as ours. You can't even do that anymore. But when it comes to technology, it's even worse. Because our kids are bombarded with information, as we saw in the cons list and the pros list, right? So our greater responsibility is to be discipling our children with more intention, with more focus. We've got to teach them and equip them far more than we ever had to before. Because they're going to be thrown things that we don't agree with or that are going to hurt them or they're just not going to know how to interpret. So it is actually a pretty incredible opportunity. It puts an urgency in us to do that. As much as that's scary and is kind of more work. But it's the reality of parenting today. The reality of parenting today is we need to make relationship with us and with the real world more exciting than on the virtual world. And that requires time and investing. Imagine a given week if your kids, we homeschool a couple of them. We didn't always homeschool, but that has helped a little bit. But imagine a, a typical school week day, right? They're gone at school for what, six and a half, seven hours. They come home, maybe they have some after school activities, but a lot of time they wanna watch a movie, get on the video game or sitting with their iPod or iPad or iPhone, right? How much are you really investing? in the relationship, because relationship takes time. Even in our relationship with God, right? We need time. Spend time with me, get to know me. In order to get to know each other and what's going on in their world requires time. And when you're investing in their heart, you woo them back to you. Because the values of the world is what's wooing our kids. Often we hear parents who will later say when their kids are doing something, I didn't raise them that way. Why are they doing that? Well, you know what, you didn't raise them. The world is. The world is, and all the values, and all the multimedia, and all the things that they're getting, the messages through blogs, the messages about their self-image we saw in there, right? That is what the world is shaping them. And if you want your values to be passed on, it requires intentional relationship and spending time. Know what your kids like on things. Leia, what's your favorite device? My iPod. Your iPod. What's yours? TV. What specifically on TV? 
watching Netflix. <laughs> so it's not that these things are necessarily bad. They want to do them, but you know what? Maybe do it with them. What are they doing? What are they playing? Put a time parameter around that or do it with them. There's some of that you can do because it's got to be fun and they can see that you're interested because you need to be interested in the world, but the key part is you're with them or you're following up with them. You're not just leaving them to these things. You're investing, you're inquiring. Why, is, why are you interested in that? Hear their hearts, see their interests, spend time with them and then put it away and then engage in relationship with them. Right? One of the biggest things we say is 80% real life, 20% virtual life. That's kind of how the, re the re relationship should go. And the second thing we had there was the relationship with others, with Jesus, for others with Jesus. See, it's, this, it's an opportunity there too because what you're going to be able to show people by behaving different online, first of all, and not freaking out and reacting over some thing that might not even be real. Instead, just being patient and listening is going to look different and they're going to want to be close to you. Secondly, you're utilizing technology for the purpose of real life relationships will also look different. And that is what their heart's longing is, is real relationship. So this is an incredible opportunity for us to be that light in the world. To show people what it really means to have real relationships and to offer them the real one that Jesus wants for them and with them. Now, uh, and that relates to a passage in 1 Corinthians 9.20. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. We are to be in their world enough so they can see, taste, and want the difference that we are, that Jesus is in us. So it's an incredible opportunity. And the last is this. The third thing is our relationship with Jesus. It's hard for us to discern sometimes. There's so many influences around us. But there are incredible resources. There's insight that we could never get before. It had to be all from... I was raised in a fairly small town in southern Ontario for all my high school years. And the entirety of my religious information or input came from one pastor at a church of 50 people. He was awesome. I still love him. But now I can learn from so many different sources and grow so much more and so much more differently with added insight. But we need to learn to discern these things and sort these things out for ourselves with Jesus. The opportunity is incredible, but it is a lot more work, but it's just the way it is. We have to be this way. We have to live with discernment, praying through everything that we try and input and learn from. And we need to model these things because discipling our children and discipling others is about showing them by living it ourselves, right? So how are we going to do that? My kids, if they think that I'm on my device too much, it doesn't matter if I am or not. Their perception is reality and they will model that and they'll take it to the next level. So if I'm on there for two hours a day, they'll go, you're always on there, and they'll jump on for four hours a day, and that is the reality. So I need to model for them what's most important. Put my phone down. Don't pick it up. Put it in my room when I'm home. Whatever it takes 
for my kids. One of the other things I do is to make sure, okay, this is a work thing. I have to respond. So I tell them what it is I'm doing on there so that they know what it is that's happening and they don't assume things through my modeling. But we really, really need to make time for rest. As much as this stuff is great and there's amazing opportunities throughout, we really, really need to make sure that we're putting these things aside to allow our minds, our brains, and our bodies to receive from God, to experience nature, and to experience real relationships. So this stuff can foster and lead us towards God in new ways. But then we leave it behind and actually go to experience Him, to love Him, to live for Him, to show others the relationships that they can have with Him and with real-life people. This is how we lead others. I think we're out of time. So, I hope you had fun. But along with that, I wanted to highlight that we're not done if you come back tonight. I know we're competing with the Super Bowl, but you know what? We're way more exciting. And if you come, Brad's already promised that you're allowed to throw Gatorade on my head. What? Hers too, actually. She missed it. Anyways, what we want you to leave with is this, this passion and determination to balance your life out in a healthy way, to come up with a philosophy as a family or an individual that will utilize technology for good, not let it control you, okay? So when you leave, continue the discussion, the good and bad. Tonight, if you come, we'll tell you all about how to filter your stuff so that you can get rid of a ton of the bad, to free you and your family up, to utilize it for more of the good. That's what we're going to discuss tonight. Um, But really process it. Make conscious, intentional decisions about your tech use, about your involvement online and in the social media world. And determine, you know, is this something I really need? Is it beneficial? And am I going to be able to utilize this in a positive way for Jesus? Well, maybe I don't need it. Maybe it's just going to be more pollution in my world and life. So let's pray. And then uh, hopefully we'll see you tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thanks for this group of people willing to engage and interact about technology. Because in so many ways, on so many levels, it just seems so separate from who you are this world apart from the world we live in every day, but it is a part of our world every day. We can't get away from it. Thank you that there's nothing sinful about it as it is inherently, God, but it's something that we can utilize, that we can redeem, we can reconcile, use to reconcile others to you. Help us to see how to do that effectively and with passion. Lord, we pray that the The words spoken would sit on our hearts, that your spirit would move us to make decisions um, that are good for us and for our relationship with you. And lead us, God, to discipline ourselves, to model what we want our kids to see and who we want our kids to be as well. We love you, Father, and thank you for your presence here with us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.